Dear friends, we are pleased to welcome you here on Alatra TV at the International Roundtable held in continuation of the online conference Global Crisis. This already affects everyone, which took place on July 24th. The conference found an enormous resonance among the world community. The comments are pouring in uh, with messages of support, concern, and uh, plenty of questions. So uh, today we uh, will continue to talk about these, uh, these same issues that were brought up during the uh, conference. And um, we'll first start with uh, impressions after uh, the event. And we'll talk about why in a divided consumer society, we simply cannot cope with the challenges of the global uh, crisis. And why only through unity uh, can we uh, overcome the challenges? And why do we need to have truthful information today? And why is it needed to unite people? So. Uh, my co-host today is Olga, and uh, she will introduce our guests for today. Yes, and before I introduce our guests, I also would like to uh, show a quick video from the conference, and I will ask our IT team to play it for us. Today, people themselves, volunteers from all over the world who have a reasonable view of reality, together with scientists and experts from many fields, will outline cause and effect relationships of various crises that already affect everyone. All of us today uh, are divided. We are divided you know, along multiple axes. And that is the fundamental crisis that concerns us. If we are able to solve that, we'll have a fighting chance to solve for everything else. If we are not able to solve that, uh, you know, science and technology, I don't believe is going to be able to ever, you know, lead us out of the, uh, out of the crisis, absolutely the edge of the cliff that we find ourselves on. So I think it's wonderful uh, what, what is being attempted. I believe the climate change is just reflecting the collective consciousness of humanity. So in this sense, everybody has the same, you know, same significance, same importance for the humanity. Each person. Even you are on the, uh, lying on the bed, you know, or if you don't, uh, you cannot do any action at all. You are emitting vibration, you are emitting information uh, like that, and you are affecting all the world. So if you have a life, you know, you are changing the world. You have a potential to ch change the world. We're going to be in an environment where it's, it's, it's barren land, we have no oxygen, but yet we have, you know, $10 million in the bank. What good is that? You can't buy it. Concentration of huge flows of people who live according to the principles of a consumer society causes catastrophic environmental pollution in one place. But there is another option, a creative society, in which the highest value is the life of every person. There are no boundaries in the air. There are no boundaries in the oceans. 
We depend on each other very much. And we would like this problem to be taken with utmost seriousness, as it is our responsibility. We can help guide artificial intelligence to maximize its tremendous potential to enhance society. Now, artificial intelligence may help usher in a golden age of humanity, where we can all live in peace and harmony, free from the scarcity of resources that have divided nations and diminished the quality of life on this planet for so long. I really believe we need to shift the focus of society from cash to compassion. This is creative society. And I'm confident that we can all work together as creative society to help artificial intelligence become one of the most positive developments. We cannot stay as we are. If we are to move up, then we have to be aware of how to do it and be a conscious agent of that upshift. So information leading to awareness is really everything. That's the key. Programs like this, conferences like this, are a very key element. If we can be, be, become oriented towards creating a world, being a creative society, then we can be at a healthy impulse, a motivation for the evolution of life. so much we are so excited to continue this conversation and this round international round table is really a continuation of the conference global crisis this already affects everyone because we all know that we can't just have a conference in one day and solve all the global problems we also have to spread this information and continue this conversation throughout the world so it becomes so natural to us to talk about creative society, the future that is beneficial for each of us. So today I would like to thank everybody who is at the International Roundtable. And I also want to thank everybody who has prepared the conference and roundtables and all the volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement, because this conference was simultaneously translated to 72 languages. This way this information can reach everybody around the globe. And today we will start off uh, with our honorary guest, Dr. Yasuki Nimoto. He is a doctor of science in cellular and molecular biology from the University of Tokyo, director of IHM General Institute and manager of the executive office of IHM. Dr. Nimota, we are glad to see you with us today, and we know that you were watching the whole conference, and we would like to ask you, what impressed you the most? Oh, Olga, thank you for your introduction. Uh, because, uh, uh, because your concept uh, about the creative society, you know, it's uh, really resonate with me. And uh, 
you uh, you said that the unity, you know, and uh, because uh, as you may know, I learned the unity, the concept of unity from uh, the late Dr. Masaru Emoto, uh, who is uh, author of the message from water and hidden message in water. And also uh, I learned the unity from water itself because uh, uh, at one time we did uh, some uh, ceremony and we asked the people to send us uh, the small uh, amount of water from all over the world. And we mixed the each you know, portion of water into one container. And when I was watching the, you know, mixing the water, and I found that the water can be mixed without any trace. You know, of course, this is common sense. Of course, water is water. But uh, water also means uh, you and me or everybody, you know, on this planet. Each human being uh, contains, you know, a lot of water. And Dr. Emoto said, it's we are water. And in that sense, water is telling us we can be mixed with each other without any trace. This is our nature, you know, human nature is like that. So uh, I think the unity is important. And you are saying the same thing. So I'm impressed with this point, especially. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your feedback and giving this example of water. And it is such a simple example, but without unity, we can't really move forward. So thank you so yeah. much for being on, uh, on the round table with us. And now I would like to address the same question to our friend, Dr. Jeffrey Long, who is a radiation oncologist, best-selling author of Evidence of the Afterlife. So Dr. Jeffrey, we kind you ask to share with us your impressions and understanding of the conference as a whole. Sure. Well, I wanna thank all the organizers for the opportunity to talk at this round table. I would encourage everybody that didn't see that amazing conference yesterday to please look at it. The crises that affect each person on this planet were unbelievably well established over and over and very eloquently through the talkers, through the video. There's no question about that, that we, all of us, face some very serious issues that affect everyone globally. So certainly I personally did not realize how serious these crises were. I would point out that a lot of what was discussed in this groundbreaking conference was not widely known through the media. People just aren't talking about that. And that made the conference, that made the Elatra presentation all that much more important so that people can literally, and, and in 72 different languages, understand the reality of what's going on with global crises. I think it's critical for people to be informed. And the Elatra conference for the other day was a groundbreaking effort in that direction of informing people around the world just how serious climate change is with ecological consequences and the threat of artificial intelligence. Now, as I thought about the conference, I, I, I realized how well established these crises were. So I thought about the concept of creative society. Well, creative implies change. It implies positive change. So I think all of us interested in carrying forward with a creative society, it's one thing to be informed, but I think to be fully creative, we have to act on that. We have to all work to the greatest extent that we can individually and certainly collectively to change, to create positive change, to deal with these crises in the best way that we possibly can. I greatly appreciated that discussion about unity we just heard. 
that's a vivid reminder that we need to retain our core values as we deal with the consequences of the global crises. In my research on near-death experience, literally by the thousands, near-death experiencers share that there is that deeper unity, that oneness of everyone and everything. In reality, and, and certainly based on my research near-death experience, based on literally a mountain of evidence, we are one. We are globally connected. We are globally a part of, of each other. And we, we need to work together with that core value in mind as we deal with these serious threats. Now, Alatra is in a unique position, I think, to help in responding to these crises. We heard that many people sent comments after the conference yesterday with questions or concerns or, or a question, how can I help? I think maybe perhaps having a small committee, I think continuing to keep the momentum going from that conference yesterday is going to be instrumental to help work together creatively, collectively, in unity, to find the best solutions that we possibly can. We need global action. And Alatra is uniquely positioned with their global outreach and their concern about all people everywhere. And that's, I think, a critical cornerstone of responding to these crises. Well, what would be the best action? I think we need to continue to wait, raise awareness of the problem. I think we need to uh, decide working not only as a group and, and, uh, and all of us that are interested in, in going forward with action steps, uh, work with other groups around the world that have this interest. How can we all work cooperatively with other people that share this concern about global crises? Uh, talks, we certainly need to work with our uh, individually and collectively with our governments, uh, perhaps even carry our concerns to the United Nations. But I think we should leave no stone unturned in trying to decide what we, we all can do collectively to help deal with these very real crises. Thank you so yeah, much so. for feedback. <laughs> Go ahead, Alexei. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, this is a really important uh, what um, Dr. Long just said that we really uh, need to um, bring this idea forward and not be afraid to talk about it and, uh, uh, you know, make our voices uh, heard. Uh, it's very important because uh, not much of this was um, available to the public. Uh, this information was uh, withheld and we can also, uh, we'll talk about uh, truth uh, a bit later uh, during this uh, roundtable. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, also, we have a next 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 guest is uh, uh, Dr. Lars Rowe, who is a professor, PhD, world-renowned scientist, philosopher, integral theorist, theorist, writer, pianist, founder, and president of the Laszlo Institute of New Peregrine Research. So, Dr. Laszlo, I wanted to ask you a question of how do you envision a creative society, a world where everybody is united? That's the world that enables us to live on this planet. Actually, also to live and to thrive on this planet. We this global crisis, strange to say, but I don't hesitate to say it, is a blessing in disguise. The fact that we have reached a point where the global crisis becomes evident is extremely important. We have, living, we have been living in a global crisis for maybe 50 years. We have been living in a condition 
that only becomes worse and worse in the sense that it becomes more and more acute. But we have created conditions that cannot be sustained on this earth. It's an unsustainability situation. And the way forward of this is to do what we were always in meant to do. The only way we can live is by cooperation. We know from biophysics, biochemistry, from the organic biology, that in a living system, every element cooperates in a healthy living system. Every element cooperates with every other. If there is a set of elements, a set of organs, for example, a set a group of cells that doesn't cooperate, then it's an illness, a sickness of the system. It cuts down the viability. If those cells become self-autonomous and become self-concerned, then they are cancer, then they eventually threaten the system as a whole. We have acted as multiple cancers on, in this world. People who have been only pushing forward themselves independently of the rest, not cooperatively, cooperating only within an enterprise or perhaps within a community, perhaps within a nation, but internationally, we did not have that level of cooperation that we need to live on this planet. This is not new. Now that we have uh, the climate crisis and we have the COVID-19 crisis, it becomes evident. Thank goodness that is becoming evident because we are the last moment when we can still do something, where we can reverse the trends in such a way that we can at least stabilize them. We can't go back to where we were, but we can perhaps stabilize and so that we don't go going forward to ever more critical conditions. The global crisis, but it's a carbon crisis, the migrant crisis, the, the, uh, the dryness crisis, the, uh, uh, the violence crisis, uh, the, the whatever, the heating up of the atmosphere crisis, and then the health crisis. All these are acting on us together. They have been in preparation gradually. They, didn't, they were not born yesterday, but now they're becoming evident. And because they are becoming evident, we can have conferences like this one, talking about the global crisis. A few years back, maybe even half a year back, people would have said, you're exaggerating, you know. We, after all, we are having lots of local crises and we have to handle them. On the global level, yeah, that's just an abstraction, but not, in, not at all. The global level is the level at which we must act because the core crisis is a global level crisis. It affects everyone. Thank goodness that you realize that it affects everyone. So I, let me just be brief and conclude and say, let's be thankful that we have reached a point in the um, unfolding of these crises a sectoral crisis and regional crisis becoming global crisis in such a way that we become aware of it. We have to become conscious of where we are and get together to cope with the problems that face us. We can cope with that and we can cope now all the more because the current crisis, the health crisis particularly, destabilized the existing system. It showed us that we are all together not just like Dr. Long said, our near-death experience shows us that we are one. Now we experience our oneness 
because everyone is affected by what goes on in the world. We are finally realizing that we are one people and we can only work or live or thrive on this planet if we act as one people, pull together to maintain that system and to bring it forward to the next stage of its evolution. We either evolve or we devolve. Let's evolve together. Let's have conferences like this that shows us how to do it. Thank you so much, Dr. Laszlo. That was such a powerful statement for all of us. And yes, the power is in unity. And thank you so much. And during the conference, it became clear that the way out of the crisis is through unity uh, of all the people on this planet. But still, during the conference, we got so many questions about why do we need to unite? How do we unite? Is it even possible to unite? So I wanted to introduce our next, next guest, which is Andrea Van, and she is joining us uh, today. She is a friend of our other guest, Dr. Nimoto. So thank you so much, Andrea, for being with us. And Andrea is an environmental activist. She's the creator of One Humanity, One World Global Social Movement for the New World of Peace. She's a writer, journalist, actress, and filmmaker. And somehow she found time to join us. She's doing so much already. Andrea, could you please tell us what is this vision and understanding of the phrase One World, One Humanity? Well, it's very simple, but first of all, let me thank this organization and all the people that are working for this to happen today. Thank you for having me. I am humbly honored to be among all these wise people that have been sharing such a wisdom in their vision. And, and you know, yes, we are in a global crisis, but this global crisis has just been leading to a massive global awakening. And a proof of that is just look at all the people that is on this conference and all the people that is watching it and actively participating and using their thoughts and brain powers to think about how peace can be really possible and how humanity can actually be united. Well, I believe we are united because we are one since the very moment we are born. You don't need to unite anything if it's already a wholeness. The thing is that we have been brainwashed to believe we are separated. But one thing this global crisis has taught us is that it doesn't matter the color of your skins, your religion, your origins, your beliefs, this affects to all of us. And this is our world screaming for a paradigm shift because now it's time to make a one step forward the evolution of the human race. I created my global social movement, One Humanity, One World, because what we do basically is working with many different organizations from different corners of the world just to take peace out of the paper. And what we do basically is that we create projects that we all focus on to become true. And on OHAO, which stands for One Humanity, One World, our most important project is called Humanity for Peace, which is a holistic educational curriculum. And we aim to make education genuinely free and accessible for every corner of the world. 
And it's great because we believe that through education, peace, it's planted as a seed in the consciousness of humanity. So I believe this new young generation is bringing so much awareness from a very young age um, that it's like humanity itself, it's begging for a faster change, faster than ever. And, and so we are here and every little thing we do, it's having a huge impact in our future. And I believe that we should no longer keep talking about it, but actually make it happen. And that's what people like the ones that are here today do it. So that's our goal and that's what we're working on. Thank you very much for having me here today. Thank you, Andrea. Yes, it's um, couldn't agree more that we really need to uh, start doing and uh, not only uh, talking. And uh, thank you also for sharing your uh, inner perspective. Um, it's really great and heartwarming to see that people around the globe also realize uh, that we need to build uh, another format of society, creative society. We may call it in different terms, but uh, the essence is still the same. And uh, people really uh, feel this need for a change. And... Um, our uh, next uh, question will be for uh, our friend uh, Laurence, uh, who is an ethnologist and anthropologist in the National Institute of Languages and Civilizations. And uh, Laurence, uh, can you please tell us uh, why only together can we cope with all the impending uh, uh, challenges uh, of the global crisis? Why is it important to unite uh, our common human potential? Well, Lawrence, I guess uh, I, you're muted, maybe. Yes, sorry. Hi, everyone. And thank you, Jorgen, the organizers, the friends, my friends in Alatrana. We have become friends for always inviting me. And sorry for my hectic schedule all the time. But thank you so much for the wonderful work you are doing. And you are already uh, uniting people by what you are doing. While I was hearing everyone, and thank you for everyone's contribution, I was really reflecting from the standpoint of anthropology on the concept of creative and unity, because they are the basic concepts. In anthropology, every society is creative, like a living organism, and it's beautiful today that we have environmentalists, but also scientists, philosophers, anthropologists. Everything tends to unity. Uh, and, and every society, every living organism is creative because, uh, as you know, the human body is always recreating itself. And society, actually, what is tradition, what is culture, it's a, a living organism in movement always recreating itself. And I've been working a lot on rituals and traditions. So actually, they are not fossilized things that people do from uh, the, 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 the very old times. They are always creating it because creativity is at the basic of the human being and of human society. Everything that belongs to life, actually. Everything is created. So what's really the goal of creative society if society is already creative? That's what I was wondering. Same with unity. Uh, actually, the world has never been so united. Of course, just like uh, Professor was, was actually realizing the unity of the living through water, so I've realized the unity of human beings through my different um, stays in 
more than different countries and just observing the humans and how much creative they are just for example making bread using flour and water how creative they can be but at the same time how united they can be human beings is 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 a u- wonderful unity human race is united in its own way the feeling that a mother has for her baby the fact that we all have to eat and rest and have rituals and and address to uh, the the divine also so why is it that your project is focusing on creativity and unity and i was reflecting on that and i do understand and i know very well the the importance and actually the rarity of your project and the rare people that you invite all the time who are really uh, gems for the human mind for the human also uh, consciousness so what is different in what you're talking about is that we have to think collectively at what we are united around and what uh, what we are creating every day by our daily thoughts actions and the choices we make in everyday life and as an anthropologist what i see is that the world has never been so united around one concept one crisis one way to deal with the crisis for example i'm very amazed that there is no cultural different responses to coronavirus every society at the same time is responding exactly the same way to a, a sanitary crisis which in anthropology is a new thing it has never been like this if you look at anthropology of health for example there are so many ways to think about death and illness and to respond to it culturally but we are in a world today that has completely erased and this dislocated the collective the the cultural differences to this response so i think that what you're focusing about and i know you since long time now alatra movement is actually what we want to create next and around what we want to unite and precisely in today's world uh, i feel the focus uh, using what what andre you were saying also the brainwash of the media and actually one human one consensus has been created on the scale of the planet one consensus has been created and so people are united around one consensus and around one idea of a global society and this is precisely why your movement is important to to create an awareness and to create to raise the consciousness and to unite the people who are united around this consciousness to actually question what kind of society we want to live in what kind of consensus we want to create because as human beings are creating creative they are actually their own creator of their destiny we see it in science we see it in anthropology so at at the same time as we have to think about unity around what we have to unite and precisely from what i observed since one and a half year is that the world is working very hard the world in terms of media and consensus to actually unite human beings around one concept of what you've been talking about on the conference uh, in artificial intelligence and and the uh, um, how to say like all all the concepts that are coming now in the world that everyone is united around technology so there is a unity but the, in the sense that how we will be creative is actually to question do we want to be united around this kind of society and i feel actually precisely in today's world in terms of society the people who actually are questioning this basic unity that has been created through the consensus they are being separated so actually unity is united around the right paradigm 
And uh, as you have stated, Mr. Uh, philosopher, that, that, that well, okay, what paradigm we want to live around? That's a very important concept. So to unite is very important, but to unite around a certain consciousness, a certain creative uh, idea of a creative society that we are actually inventing together around some concepts that are actually, that like you have underlined, um, coming back to the natural resources. Because as you have stated, in nature, so everything is united. The forest, the trees, the rivers, everything. We are part of one big system. So uh, the society that collectively is being proposed to us, we don't agree with that. Because it's taking us very far away from the very uh, essence of our being, which is to be connected with all natural and living things. So in my uh, opinion, as an anthropologist also, we have to unite uh, the people who, uh, around some questioning of, the, of what is a society and what kind of societies we've been living in now and what kind of society globally is being proposed to us. So in that sense also, it's also about deconstructing the idea of what it is to live in society, the idea of what it is to be united, and the idea of why we have to be creative and for what goal we have to be created and how to be creative to create this kind of new society. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lawrence. And it's so important what you have voiced right now. And I also want to, to go back to Dr. Lars Lowe. And if you can explain to us a little bit more uh, about unification, because some people think that they have to unite by their wallets. That some people say they have to unite with their refrigerators. What are we uniting under and how fast do we need to do it in, all, in order to avoid all the global crisis we are in? Yes, I would say unite under the label of life, life on earth, not humanity alone. Of course, humanity has to be united. We have to unite with all living things. The system of life on earth is what gives us life, what gives us the power to survive and to thrive. Every living system is a whole, is an integral whole. Not, there is not a separate element of parts. We are not heaps, we are not just aggregates. We are truly integral adaptive systems. The theory of this has been worked out for some time now, but we are not applying it. In our world, we have to know that what one does affects the others. We have to affect it the right way. Because what we have been doing is disregarding our unity. We put ourselves first, our nation, our enterprise, perhaps our city, our community. And by putting us first, we have disregarded and sometimes that with harm to the others around us. Every technology pushes itself. Technology in the service of big business is to make money. Technology has to be in service of life. We need to be the ones who can say what it is that we want. We want to live as whole systems, integral systems, where every part is coherent with every other part. Coherence is the real part. Every anthropologist, as you just heard, would know the unity of life. We are coherent systems. And unless we do that in practice, 
we become sick Christians. We risk our own health and the health of, the, of nature and of everybody around us. Let's regain our coherence. Let's work together so that we maintain the overall system. The old notions, the whole, the whole is the truth. The whole is the giving, giver of health. All life on here on earth, and perhaps wherever there is in the universe life, it gives us the power to be what we need to be, a part element of a larger whole, work together. What this calls for a change of mind, a change of mentality, a new consciousness, a holistic consciousness of unity. With that, we can do it. Without that, just the old system of just putting ourselves first, we'll never do it. So the change is, comes when we change our own thinking. Thanks for this conference, to be able to raise these questions. That, I think, is the key. And by the very fact of the conference is a symptom that we are already changing our consciousness. So all the best. Carry on. This is the way forward. Thank you, Dr. Laszlo. It's beautifully said, and uh, it is true that uh, once we start uh, acting for... Uh, the benefit of others, uh, we uh, also um, make the world better for everyone. And uh, it, we really should rethink how uh, we've been living and uh, how we should uh, go moving forward. So thank you for, for this. And um, Dr. Long, would you like also to answer the question about why unity is important in overcoming uh, the global crisis? That is a very good question. Unity, I think, now more than ever, is going to be essential to dealing with these crises that have been brought up. One person can affect a little bit of change, united, all working together with the same values underlying our efforts, and a same focus on a positive, compassionate outcome, a creative outcome, I really think is the solution to help make sure that we can deal with these crises as effectively as possible. No question that these crises are serious. No question that in the years to decades to come, if we don't do something, if we don't act now, soon, uh, we're going to be finding the crises that are going to be increasingly difficult to deal with. I, I hope they don't become insurmountable, but we all have to be concerned about that. There's no doubt that unity, uh, working not just, and you have to think about unity, not just in terms of the people in my city, in my state, in my country, but it's really a global unity, all of us working together, because these are truly global problems that affect everybody worldwide. So I think now more than ever, the awareness to the greatest extent possible, we can help people to understand that we are united. We are literally one. And as a creative society, we can work together in unity to help affect the changes that could make huge uh, positive impacts around the world, uh, even in our lifetime. So that's why it's exciting to be here. It's exciting to be participating in this. And I'm, I'm delighted that we're talking about that. I think even as we're talking, I kind of get the sense, you kind of get that uh, feeling that, that, that we're, there's a continued effort to move forward. Uh, there's a lot of good thought that's being brought up in this roundtable today. And I guess while the global, global crises are certainly frightening, I think there's a huge ray of hope here. I think there's a very positive uh, 
understanding out of all this that through unity, we can deal with some rather frightening global crises. Uh, working together, we can affect positive change. This could literally be in working in unity and as a creative society, this could be humankind's greatest moment if we can deal with these crises together. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I also wanted to ask Mr. Nimoto how important it is to share this information. He is a perfect example of sharing this conference to other people. And that's how we have Andrea here with us today. But also we have noticed that you shared it with all your friends on social media. You have tagged people. You have... Uh, commented under your videos to let people know how important the information is. So the question I wanted to ask you is how crucial it is to share this information so every single person around the globe has the same understandings as we do here at the roundtable. Yeah, I think sharing is uh, very, very important, of course. And uh, uh, we are talking about the unity consciousness, unity, and also the, you know, my own uh, private slogan or is, uh, you know, my home is uh, the planet Earth and my family is the whole humanity. You know, of course, uh, you know about this, you know, uh, saying, but uh, uh, spiritually or conscious, you know, about consciousness, I believe, you know, we can expand our consciousness, not only, you know, uh, about your own physical body, but you can expand your consciousness into the whole humanity if you want, you know. Then anything happening in your consciousness that is on this planet Earth will come to you, you know. So the, if one person is very sad about something, you know, then you feel the sadness of that person as, you know, in your heart, you know, as if it's about yours. So uh, this is a real sense of unity or unity consciousness. And if you come to uh, this consciousness, then uh, you would like to do something to you know, anybody who, are, you know, who have a trouble on this planet Earth very naturally. And I think this is uh, the people are coming to this uh, consciousness you know, globally or uh, you know, our humanity and uh, collective consciousness is now coming up to this kind of unity consciousness. And so, uh, but for, uh, to promote you know, this way of thinking, we need to tell uh, to many, many people about uh, this new uh, concept or a concept of creative you know, society and unity. So uh, I believe that uh, your activity like this conference or round table discussion is uh, so critical. And uh, I would like to help you to spread the message. You know, it's uh, your message and it's also the, my message, you know. And so uh, I believe in this sense, of course, <laughs> the sharing is very important. And uh, as you said, um, I myself, you know, already spread the message about this conference through my uh, social you know, network, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a Facebook or some other um, uh, means. Uh, and so I'm very happy that uh, Andrea uh, can join this roundtable discussion. And you know, this is an example. And uh, your concept will uh, spread to other organizations or other people gradually. And then uh, really, you know, uh, in truth, sense, 
we as a humanity will uh, understand the concept of creative uh, society and uh, finally we can make a creative society on this planet Earth. Yeah, that's what, what I'm thinking. Thank you. Thank you so much. And since you invited Andrea, and she has been such a vital part of this international <laughs> global roundtable, Andrea, maybe you have some questions to the participants of the roundtable. Um, yes, I would like to know um, what do you think that it's the heart and most vital part to make this um, movement of consciousness spread into a physical change into the world right now in society. So I think that all of our, all of the speakers are more than capable to answer to that because they all have this, this show so much sparks that already answered to that question. But yes, I would love to hear what more they have to say about it. Awesome, Lawrence, you wanna jump in? Yeah, yeah, I like your question very much. So your question is the, the heart is a vital part to create, cre to create collective consciousness, right? That was your question. So I, yes, I, I do believe that ex exactly actually the way that humanity can connect together around creative ideas and around its real essence is through the heart precisely because actually technology is the realm of the mind and the mind is very intelligent has so many electric connections but is also very limited and i think we today have a very beautiful panel of, of participants from the afterlife specialists to the philosopher to the environmentalist to uh, scientists that have seen as being researchers, we are all researchers, the limits of the mind, that the mind can actually make one conclusion and the opposite of the conclusion. But and today's world is actually very confusing for the mind because we can justify any theory with the mind, but the heart knows what to do. The heart knows where the truth lies. The heart is, is the most living organ of the human organism. So the heart, and I'm talking about the heart physical organ, but also like in Sufism, for, for example, they speak about spiritual heart. Some Sufi masters have said that we have seven spiritual hearts. And even they say that there is a heart, it's called Sir al-Kalb in Arabic. It's the, the secret heart, the most secret chamber of the seven spiritual hearts. In that chamber, they say, lives the light of the divine. Where lives the light of the divine is precisely where the truth connects us to our real essence, to the superior essence, and to the essence of every single one of us. Only through that small light which is hidden within the seventh of our most secret parts of our heart, less material heart, only through that we can connect and we can unite because whatever the world, the material world, the technological world, the transhumanism tries to do to actually make us more closer to machines than to actually living organisms with a divine spark in us, whatever they do, they will never be able to actually reach to our hearts. They can make us physically ill, the technology can make us physically ill, can separate us from each other, for example, social distancing, wearing the mask. This is all in anthropology means of separation. 
They can even, uh, the, the, the illness itself or the wearing the mask closes our breath. But the light of the heart, as long as human beings are alive on this planet, is eternal and will connect us to each other. So actually there is a, a great Sufi scholar named Imam Ghazali. He was commenting on the, the Prophet's hadith. Prophet saying, who said that in the human body, there is a piece of, of flesh. It's the heart. If that is sick, the whole organism is sick. And if that is healthy, the whole organism is healthy. So definitely, as a professor of comparative religions also, I have seen through Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Sikhism, that actually the truth lies not in the mind and the unity lies not in the mind, but it actually lies in the little flame in the bottom of our heart. Yes, this is true. And... Um... If uh, other participants would like to ask each other questions, Dr. Long, Dr. Laszlo, Dr. Nemota, maybe you can ask them now and before we move to our next topic. I'd like to add one word to this discussion. That word is love. Our deepest intuition of oneness or belonging is expressed in love, in unconditional love to the extent that this sensation, this feeling is surfacing among young people, among spiritual people and all people today, more and more. This is one of the most encouraging signs because we are one and we feel one and we love. We love others like we love ourselves. And there is no other in this world. We are all the same, we are all people. We're all members and parts of this tremendous symphony of life. This way forward. So I just want to add, among all the four letter words in the world, in the world, in the English language, love is the one that you have to concentrate on. That's the key. If you have an evolved mind, a new consciousness, that you, you feel, you sense the love of one thing to another, to sense the love of the whole of which you are a part. And thank you again, and I wish you all the best on this conference. Thank you. Thank you. This is very important what uh, you added. And uh, uh, it is true that only through uh, love and uh, understanding that we are one can we uh, achieve this unity that we, we've been talking about. This is uh, the key point. Thank you. May I say some comment? Of I'm course, the, uh, of course. Dr. Lazarus' you know, comment about love is very beautiful. And also, I think uh, Andrea asked also the, how, how to bring the physical change in this society, you know, not only about consciousness, but the physical, real change in this society. And uh, I'm, this, I, I, I have some idea about this point, and uh, it might be a little bit primitive, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going, going to say, tell you. It's, uh, you know... Uh, I think we need to set up basic income, you know, basic income, of course, you know, you heard about the basic income, and uh, you may think that this is just a minimum uh, income to sustain your life. But in my opinion, the, this basic income should be more than enough. And uh, we should limit, we should have a limitation of the upper, you know, upper limitation for income, which should be like 10 times more, uh, 10 times of the basic income. 
I mean, uh, just an uh, example is, uh, you know, the basic mean income. In my case, in my uh, proposal is uh, like uh, uh, $5,000 US dollar per year, which means uh, $60,000 US dollar per, uh, sorry, $5,000 US dollar per month and $60,000 US dollar per year, which is more than enough for, you know, average person. And uh, as I said, we should uh, set up the upper limit of the income, which is uh, 10 times more, uh, 10 times of the basic income. Okay. And uh, if you earn more than the upper limit, then the extra money will go to the common account, which I, I would say like a people's account automatically. You know, you can earn any amount of money, but there is an upper limit, which is 10 times of the basic income. And those extra amount of money will go in automatically into the people account. And we don't need any tax and everything will be paid from this people's account. And if you, you are getting a basic income and still you think it's too much, you know, for you, then you can donate, you know. Uh, part of your basic income into the people's uh, account, okay? And then I believe that everybody on this planet Earth can live the, their happy life without worry about the money. This is just my, it's kind of very primitive vision, but uh, uh, also the transparency is, of course, necessary. But I believe, you know, we can make a, a very uh, happy life physically, on this planet Earth. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about this, my idea. That's it. Can I, can I may include a comment concerning that? Sure. <laughs> um, actually, um, we developed a manifesto talking about what practical solutions can peace have. And I was thinking, you were talking about money, which indeed is very primitive, but yet it's important to work in this world dimension. And I was thinking, what about the, re the redistribution of $2 trillion that annually goes for funding militarily to funding wars? $2 trillion annually, globally, to finance the war business. With those $2 trillion, instead of killing each other, we will already be on Mars. Seriously. And, and Earth will already look futuristic like in the Star Trek movies. So if, we, if everybody get together and we really decide that we no longer want to f keep funding wars, but instead funding peace, we already have $2 trillion that nobody has to give because it's already going to the wrong place. So it's not any sacrifice we can make. Yet I believe everyone can make a big change. You know, I usually get asked by very young people, oh, but what can I do to change the world because I'm so young and I have no power and I have no big economy and, and I'm very poor. Listen, uh, the peace starts from within. And first, if you are able to find things within yourself, then you achieve a balance in your mind, body and soul. Then you will bring peace to your home. And other homes will start doing the same. And when all homes start bringing peace to each other, then we will have a peaceful society that we have the same focus. So all start with you. And you don't have to be the United States president. And you don't have to be a multimillionaire to bring peace to this world. And yet you don't have to have a million dollars. But yes, we could change the world with that 
found without funding worse. Thank you for letting me make my comment. Yes, thank you, Andrea. And you know this uh, topic about um, uh, redirecting the funds uh, for the benefit of humanity and uh, not to kill each other, uh, it uh, pops up quite often in our conversations. And uh, we will obviously uh, uh, like you to uh, go to the website alatrevinize.com and read the, also the eight foundations uh, uh, of Creative Society where you would... Uh, uh, see also, uh, and whatever uh, the topic uh, Dr. Nimoto touched upon, the, um, uh, that we should limit the maximum amount of uh, wealth uh, people can have. Uh, and uh, this uh, is totally doable with transparency, which is also one of the foundations. But, uh, you know, uh, just a little aside, uh, if uh, we have uh, uh, the first uh, foundation, which is the human, the value of the human life, every human life uh, applied, uh, then if we take all decisions, uh, taking this uh, only fact into account, then a lot of things are kind of fixed by themselves. You know, uh, can you produce arms, firearms, or any arms of mass destructions? Well, no, because this will kill people. Uh, can you produce food that kills people? Well, no, obviously, because it uh, kind of infringes on the first foundation and so on. And, you know, uh, while we are today at the round table, we continue to uh, raise the issues that were brought up during the conference. Uh, one of the most important messages from the speakers uh, was that uh, we need to know the truth. And in uh, our today's consumer society, people just don't know the truth about uh, climate change and its causes. Uh, and this leads to um, some disastrous consequences. And I would like to invite everyone to watch with us a video with participation of Igor Mikhailovich Danilov explaining what should be the highest value in uh, our society. I'll just give a simple example, so that everyone understands, even those for whom the environment is very poor and there is too much CO2. I'll put it in layman's terms. In the consumerist format, the highest value is money. But in the creative format, the highest value is human life. Yes, my friend, human life, yours, your children's, your mother's, and our lives, the lives of all people. And that's what it is built on. We begin to approach things in a different way. We will be able to think in a different way. We will be able to distribute everything in a different way. We will be able to produce everything in a different way. And we will have a chance that we will be able to implement. But we will be able to implement it jointly. That's the point. Or again, everything remains as it has been. We will live as we used to. The sun is still shining. When you go outside, the sky is blue and the grass is green. Why change anything? We can do it this way too. Again, it's up to us to decide, friends. Our choices will define everything. But remember one thing. We, who are living now, are the last generation. We are either the last generation that exists in the hell of the consumerist format, and the first generation to enter the paradise of the creative society. 
already the last generation that lived in the paradise of the consumerist format and will enter the hell of that reality which awaits us tomorrow in the same consumerist format. It's up to us to decide whom to be, friends. Do you know what I would like to say? That in the future, regardless of the course of events, no matter which path we choose, there will be neither poor nor rich among us. All of us will be equal. But in one case, there will be a wonderful world, while in the other case, all of us will be equalized by the fate that we will determine. Exactly we, ourselves, through our indifference and inaction. And all of us will be equal. It's up to us to choose and to decide which path to follow. The choice is up to us, but the choice is up to everyone. If we don't convey this and do not awaken the entire humanity, we will not solve anything. We won't be able to do it on our own. In order for us to be able, let's say, to sail away along our river, in our boat from that waterfall, we should all row together. This is important. The time of egocentrism has passed. It's time to unite. It's a wonderful time. It's time for everyone to mature and treat one's life responsibly. It's time to choose who you are — a human or an animal. If you are a human, you are a part of our entire civilization, the entire humanity. If you are an animal, then without you we will become animals too. And the choice is up to everyone — whom to be and whether we will live or not. You know, like in the classic, to be or not to be. And everyone makes this choice now, every one of us, or doesn't make it. But the outcome will be according to our choice, according to the choice of each of us. And many viewers were left wondering and um, because they had some misunderstandings about the importance of bringing truthful information to everyone. Could you please tell us how uh, does people's awareness affect change across society? Why is it important that people know the truth about what is going on? Yeah, it, it is the, you know, information is, is power. You really form your decisions on your day-to-day -day life by what, by what you understand, what you know. And you filter that through your values. So it's especially important, I think, as part of the creative society, that all of us insist that the information that's being shared out by media sources is really accurate and is really real, is not distorted, is not a lie. This whole concept of the threat of artificial intelligence and the threat of how the environment is changing to the detriment of everybody on the world is frightening. But I can tell you the great, great majority of people on this planet have not had the media present that kind of information in such a way that we literally know what's going on about these issues. And so without that foundation of information, you can't really respond appropriately, creatively, lovingly to really affect positive changes. So I think information that we receive, uh, we certainly need to individually be sure that we are learning from credible 
media sources, that we are really learning the truth as we go on. And, and I think we really need to insist that, that the national media, uh, now more than ever, really focuses on the real issues that really impa- impact all of humanity, and that will help everybody to understand the crises we face. And with that core of knowledge, and then hopefully as people have that foundation of love, we move forward as a creative society to have the best response to that that we can possibly collectively come up with. Thank you so much, Dr. Long. And also, Andrea, what do you think how important it is to know the truth and to tell the truth so everybody has exactly the same information to base their decisions on? Well, it's simply from the basis that the truth is knowledge and the knowledge is power. And who has the truth has the power to make a change. And I know that the media is always defending not the truth but their own particular interest. So we really have to use our minds as individuals to analyze every piece of information that the massive media is giving to us and really question ourselves, okay, what I'm going to believe, what is the truth for me, and how can I use the truth to make a change? Um, Alex, Alex, I was talking previously about how we have been lied to about the um, environment environmental crisis and it is i'm an environmental activist and most of the other environmental activists that i have met didn't you that one of the things that harms the environment the most it's farming that are cows farting and and the on all the agriculture and how terrible that is killing the environment everybody's talking about um the the carbon um emissions and how cars are so terrible, but how many people can buy a Tesla electric car? Not many, but yet they are telling you that that's the only thing you can do to help the emissions. Yet you can reduce your footprint just by changing your diet. If you stop eating so much meat, if you stop consuming so much animals, the impact that will have in the environment will be huge compared to using a different type of car. Yet, that truth hasn't been told, and the media has, be, has manipulated us to believe that there's nothing really we can do, we should let that decision to the governments, and while everybody's discussing about it, we remain ignorant, and the world is slowly, it's slowly dying while we don't do nothing because we don't know the truth. So that's how important it is to have the real knowledge on, on the hands of the people and not to be lied to. Yes, and unfortunately, we don't have much time to uh, make a switch, and really, we do not even have time to kind of fix what we got ourselves into. So the technology we have right now already needs to be used to help us instead of put us out of work or do other things that uh, are against the human evolution or human growth and human survival for that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And also, Dr. Nimota, I wanted to ask you the same question. How important the truth is and how important it is for the truth to be heard around the globe. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I watched the, you know, uh, the conference on July 24th until the end. You know, in Japan time, it was uh, from midnight to, you know, almost noon. So 
I, I took a nap a little bit, but uh, I continued to watch until the end. The reason why I was, you know, excited about uh, your conference is that, uh, uh, especially the, about the climate changes, you know, usually mass media is talking about the carbon dioxide or blah, 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 but uh, at least you showed the different opinions, like uh, the core of the earth is expanding or like a, the core is heat, uh, emitting heat or like that, uh, different theory, different opinions. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot. And uh, even I personally, I decided to pursue this topic, you know, uh, on my own. You know, otherwise, you know, so far, the mass media told me different way, you know. But uh, I decided to pursue by myself this topic. No, I think this is a really um, important thing. The viewers, uh, they, uh, they uh, will be stimulated, you know, to do, to pursue the topic by their own. And so, uh, in this sense, you know, to me personally, <laughs> that you are, uh, you are telling the truth is very important. Yes, most definitely. Okay. Yes. And it goes back to the personal responsibility. As you said, oh. you have watched the full conference 12 hours, and that requires very much so personal responsibility and eagerness to learn the truth. And we appreciate everybody who was able to tune in on July 24th to watch that conference. And if you're hearing about this conference for the first time right now, it is available to be rewatched. Uh, you can go on Alatra TV YouTube channels in any languages because it was simultaneously translated to 72 languages. So everybody around the globe can hear the truth, can understand the significance of the events we are currently in and understand that we are the people that bring this information, not just to show you that we know this information, but to help you act act into positive way and help you understand that building creative society unfortunately is the only way for us there is no option b so uh, creative society is the way to go for us we have to switch the format from the consumeristic type of format we live in right now into the creative format of society in order for us to survive all the upcoming cataclysms and also use the technology to benefit us so much that we can really see our true human potential in each of us and really become happy happy we really become loving individuals and really feel that mutual respect understanding and global unification that we all crave we all deserve and it's only we that can make it happen so I appreciate every single participant that was able to join us at the round table today. And I would like to invite you and our viewers to the next conference that will be on December 4th, 2021. And it is called Global Crisis, Time for the Truth. And I hope that everybody can join us and we can spread this information and make creative society such a popular concept in the world that we can live in it tomorrow. Thank you so much and have a great day.